You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Last night's Alabama-Georgia game started off slow. 15 points scored in the first half. Second half picked up considerably. And you could see where the Bulldogs were able to pull away, made some big plays. And uh, last night's title game taught us a lot. It showed us that Nick Saban and Alabama are human and proved that an elite talent uh, or elite talents can sometimes struggle against an all-around really, really good team in Georgia. They came in mostly healthy. Alabama was a little bit banged up. They were without their two starting corners. They lost their star receiver, Jamison Williams, early on to a knee injury. And Georgia took full advantage of that. Stetson Bennett looked shaky in the first half, but, man, he made some big plays when he needed to and targeted Bama's freshman cornerbacks. That dominant defense by the Bulldogs and Georgia and Kirby Smart. You know, when they said last night, boy, they end a 41-year drought, and I'm thinking, no, no, it was back in 1980. And then you realize that's 41 years ago. I remember watching that national title game with Herschel. And I didn't realize, and of course, Vince Dooley. Vince Dooley was there last night. But uh, big moment for uh, Georgia Bulldogs to win that game. I like that they've already come out with the preseason rankings for next year. Alabama's number one and uh, Georgia's number three. Uh, we'll come up with a poll question. I believe Todd is going to do the honors today. Todd, what are you thinking about? We are still kicking around poll ideas, and we're uh, looking for uh, help, as always, from uh, the listeners. Well, give me a couple of them. Did you write up some? Uh, one was, uh, should Alabama be the favorite to win next year for the college football playoff? No. Uh, you just came up with that right now. I know. I kind of did. Wait, you're supposed to have suggestions for the poll question. I know. I was th- I was also thinking of something. Uh, you don't have any, do I don't, you? Okay. I don't. I'm making this up on the fly. Okay, but why do you do that? Why don't you just say... Hey. I didn't think we were three minutes into the show. I thought I was going to have at least a segment during uh, of time. Wow. To come up wow. Man. Do you ever take any blame? Not really. I, I, I kind of kicked it to the side with some other things that I had to get done before the show started. That's in all honesty. Like what? Like other things that I needed to have ready for the show and prep and Super Bowl things and things like that. But I dropped the ball. But we have to. to every, I know. Day, every day is the Super Bowl. You're right. Bowl. I thought I was going to just kind of be, at least in part, the voice of the poll question. That I didn't know that that was like. All exclusively on me to come up with the poll. Wow, now we shift blame. I thought it was a team effort to at least come up with polling. Oh, okay, yeah. In all honesty. Did, did you ever help McLovin when he was doing it? I threw out a couple on occasion. Mm, he, did, he did the overwhelming majority of it, but uh, I wouldn't say that I never threw out a poll idea. That would be kind of stretching it a little. Yes, he, my, if I was doing the poll question today, my suggestion would be, who is the second best coach in college football? Well, saucy. So obviously, the first best is behind Kirby Smart. Oh, oh, okay. oh, right. okay. oh sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, when you start to think about guys who have won national titles, uh, there aren't many who are still active, right? Well, in this current era, playoff era, there's yeah. only three. Yeah. Right? It would be Nick Saban, Davo Sweeney, and Kirby Smart. But Jimbo Fisher won it before. I think so. The, I think the that playoff. Was... I think that was BCS. BCS. The last BCS. Uh, Ed O is gone. Yep, he he's won gone. the national I'd title. I'd like to be in the poll question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm a good coach. Okay. 
Do you need some time to come up with poll questions? I could use a little more time. Okay. I, I should have worked more on it pre-show. But uh, I'm looking no, at No, you didn't slate. work on it at all. Not you could have done it, it. It came across my mind, but I actually didn't type anything to read off of my screen. You chose not to do anything. Okay, I chose not to do it. All right. <laughs> I rebelled against the poll question. Okay, so do we have to have the audience help? I always like their help. All right. Are you going to call them? How are you going to get their input? Uh, I will monitor social media. A lot of times we'll get suggestions okay. through uh, Twitter, which is always nice. Okay. All right. Yes, Paul. The poll question could be, will we have a poll question today? Mm. How about this one? All right. <laughs> I, here's one. Here's mine. I'd rather quarterback the national title winning team, Stetson Bennett. His career is basically over. I, I don't think he's going to be playing pro football anytime soon. Um, quarterback the losing team in the national title game, but win the Heisman Trophy, Bryce Young. Let's assume Bryce Young finishes his career at Alabama without a national title. Whose college career would you rather have? The star who won the Heisman uh-huh. or the walk-on now star who is a Georgia legend forever? Uh, so we're not going to factor in Bryce Young playing in the NFL. No, that would really hurt my folk. Yes, it would. <laughs> Really, really. Stetson Bennett probably can get tickets to Falcons games now, though. Well, I think that you're going to want to have the guy who's the team player that, hey, we won a national championship. Whereas I think probably privately we would go, man, I'd take that Heisman Trophy. I mean, I, I, I didn't play well in the national title game, but I won the Heisman Trophy. Um I mean, you, you're going to be a legend. Like they'll never ever forget you, Alabama. It's a you know it's just a long line of great players, and you know you. But what Stetson did, he's he's there. Like that, they're going to have the reunion. They'll bring back that team. It's like the you know the team from forty one years ago. I would take the national title, given what that story is, forty one years and his story, wanting to play for the Bulldogs, had to go to a junior college. And then came back, looked shaky in the first half. Looked like, you know, the moment was too big for him. And then had a couple of big plays. Yes, Eaton. He's like, his story, though, is kind of like the movie it's writing itself yep. in a way. Yeah. You know, that it's got all of the characteristics of nobody believed in him, had to walk on, you know, wasn't getting any love out of high school. Well, did he work at a grocery store? Because, Ooh. you know, did he bag groceries like Kurt Warner? Strikes me more as a paper route kind of guy, oh, but I don't know. We'll okay. see. Okay. All right. Yeah, Paul. Oh, but this is perfect. He goes to George as a walk-on. Then in scene three, it's a dirt road of a small junior college, <laughs> and it's hot and sweaty. Mm. He's in a mm. weight room all by himself mm. after being at Georgia. And then Throwing going back. the football through a tire. Oh. Tire, yeah. Got to have a tire. <laughs> Stetson Bennett the fourth. Do you know that I had a tire growing up hung from a tree and we would we would throw the football through the tire? Of course you would. Yeah. I was spinning it back yeah, then. There you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just remember my dad thought that, you know, maybe one of us would be a, a quarterback and you had to have a swing. I thought we would just swing on the tire. And then he said, no, you throw the football through the tire. And I thought that was the dumbest thing. <laughs> I was like, why am I throwing it through the tire? Why don't I just throw it to my brother? (laughs) He said, well, if you don't have your brothers to be able to throw, you could throw it through the tire. You know, that's how the greats, Johnny Unitas, would throw it through a tire. And I'd go, all right. So I'd throw it through a tire. Yes. My son plays soccer, 
a lot. And it's one of the most difficult things you could do is like the coaches will always be like, all you need is a ball and a wall. Right. You yeah. kick the ball against the wall. Try telling your 11 year old, hey, man, why don't you go kick the ball against the wall for a little while? You're like, why? Why should I? The things that we did, I, I remember, you know, if you're playing catch, you could just throw it against the wall and, and play catch. And you say that now and they look at you like, why? <laughs> why? Yeah. Like, and, and then you go, well, because I did it or my dad did it. Got to get your touches. Uh, I asked them to print up a few more calendars. We have those available, and uh, we've signed a couple more, but uh, this will be it. If you want to pick up the DP Show calendars, we have the Aaron Shrugs T-shirt that's really well done. There's a lot of great items there on sale, danpatrick.com. This program is brought to you by Impeller. Empower your investment portfolio opportunities in Puerto Rico. Impeller, the new online tool, connects investors with innovative projects on the island. Available now, Impeller, your hub for investment opportunities in Puerto Rico. Learn more at investpr.org slash Impeller. The great Brent Musburger will join us coming up a little bit later on. Andrew Luck with a cameo last night. Paulie, it was around 6 o'clock, maybe 6.05, and I get this text from Paulie in capital letters. Andrew Luck is going to be on game day. And I'm like, okay. And, of course, Paulie loves himself some Andrew Luck. And I'm thinking, (laughs) I'm thinking, why would Andrew Luck go to the national title game? I guess he still lives in Indianapolis. That's a, it's a short commute. And uh, if you take <laughs> surface streets, I, I'm a PTA driver now. Oh. <laughs> short commute. And I thought, okay, they're going to bring him in as an analyst? I, 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 I was kind of surprised. I was like, okay, what perspective is he going to give you here? You know, he's just a dad. I don't know if he's breaking down game film of Georgia and Alabama. Yes, Eden. I think it was more of the, uh, hello, Indianapolis, remember oh, me? Oh, now the timing, though. Remember me, Indianapolis? After Carson Wentz's performance, and then here comes Andrew Luck. Oh, it's funny. I seem to remember you guys booing me. Hmm, that's funny. How's that working out now? Anyway, I'm uh, just dropping my kids off at school. Anywho, he's yeah. still the best Colts quarterback in the building. and uh, But he was only there for like two minutes with Robert Griffin Jr. the third. Uh, it was just, I don't know. He, he just looked like a regular guy. Looked like he'd lost about 15 pounds. Yeah, Paul. But when I saw it on the scroll, the tease for college game, I'm like, this is this guy hasn't been seen or heard from in a couple years now. No interviews. I mean, this to me is the number one interview you'd want to get in sports media by far. And they didn't ask him anything about retiring or anything. Robert Griffin, to his credit, said, I got to ask you, what have you been doing? And, of course, he said, you know, being a dad, uh, typical dad that's it. I'm sorry. Wait, what did he say? Oh, oh you know what I mean? Just uh, watching. In the pickup line. Yeah. Pickup line. Got to go right right on the way in, left <laughs> on the way out. I didn't have to go to Stanford and all that. Oh, Robert. But if he's only there for two minutes. Oh, I know. The, the pickup line is more like four to six minutes. No, but he's, he's going into the College Football Hall of Fame, but I didn't know if that was part of it that he was going to be there it it was like I was I loved seeing him just because I'm curious but then you have him there and you can't even ask him about 
you know, when's the last time you thought about playing again or come back or, you know, the Colts call you or what'd you think when you watch Carson Wentz? He, he, maybe that was the agreement. Hey, look, I'll, I'll come in and just say hello and, and say hello to Robert. We came out in the same draft, I believe. And that's it. And I thought, boy, what a wasted moment there. Cause we've tried to get him on for years we're like, no, have him come on. We'd love to talk to him about being a dad. Oh, glad to talk about oh. that, Dan. I'm the uh, MVP of dads. Uh. I want to pat myself on my JCPenney shirt. Oh. <laughs> he had jeans on and like a polo shirt and a sport coat someone handed him. I think somebody gave him that sport coat. Yeah, you're right. It's like, uh, you know, maybe you want to dress this up a little bit. How about a sport coat? I thought he looked good. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he's he, trim. Yeah, he's he looking looked, handsome. Yeah, he looked in shape. Yeah, he looked good. He looked good. All right, uh, I guess we're going to rely on the audience to come up with a poll question here since Todd doesn't really care about the responsibilities. Wow. Well, but you've been booking a guest, so we have a guest coming up, right? Uh, not in the first wow. hour. Wow. Wow. Too soon. Okay. No first hour guest. No okay. January? Yeah. Uh, yes, Eaton. People on social media are accusing Todd of trying to out-tank me for Ooh. the poll question today, uh, which is a storyline we're following. They've also sent in, uh, this person sent in a poll question idea. Seven shows into 2022, has Todd already locked up LVD? <laughs> yes or no? Least valuable, Danette. Well, Definitely I, in the running. <laughs> I did put the sign, if you're watching on Peacock, underneath Todd's desk. It just, I had the uh, least valuable Danette sign. I don't back know there. if that's motivational or just you kind of succumb to, you know, what's just, you know, destiny of what already 2022 is supposed to be. Well, you were most valuable and least valuable. But they kind of cancel each other out. Yeah. And it's kind of down the middle. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to look back. You, you kind of strike me as a, a Carson Wentz guy. Like you can have those moments where you go, Todd, that was great. And then there's those moments where you go, Todd, let you down. Yeah. That was not great. Do I repeat something that was just said 10 seconds yes. before or yeah. I repurpose a, a take someone had with yeah. my own words? Yeah, and, and you all that stuff. pass on the blame to others. Okay. You good? Yeah, we'll get back on track. All right, thank you. It's Tom. early. All right. It's only 9.15 Eastern time. All right, all right. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Pat Forty, the voice of college football. He covers it for Sports Illustrated. He was at the national title game, still in Indianapolis. Well, what did you make of last night's festivities, Pat? Uh, cathartic night for the Bulldogs and their fans waiting 41 years to win a title and having to go through their nemesis to do it and looking like Stetson Bennett maybe gave the game away on that fluke play and then they just they rally after that and dominate the rest of the game uh, and I thought they were the best team all season and they proved it when they had to so it was a good game uh, you know I think that uh, you know it was, it was competitive it, it's always interesting, I think, to see somebody challenge Alabama like that. And uh, I, I enjoyed the evening. How would the season have been different if we had a 12-team playoff? Or would it have been different? Um, we would have had a pr much more interesting postseason, first of all. You would have had people like Kenny Pickett and Kenneth Walker III play their bowl games or their, their playoff games because they would have been in. You would have had campus games uh, that were part of the playoff. 
So all that would have been good. And then the final result still would have been Georgia and Alabama beating the snot out of everybody and then beating the snot out of each other in the championship game. What's the holdup right now for the expansion with the playoffs? Uh, the holdup is posturing, ego, uh, maneuvering. It, it, the ACC is a holdup. Uh, the Big Ten, to a degree, is a holdup. The Pac-12 is still trying to prop up the Rose Bowl. Uh, the reasons why don't make sense to me. I, you know, These guys are getting paid a lot of money to figure this stuff out, and they're not doing it. And that is one of the things – couple of things that came out of it, Dan, yesterday is one, some of the commissioners are definitely losing patience with this. I mean, Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12, came out just blowing up everybody. But then the presidents uh, of these schools that are, you know, uh, running the the playoff management committee are, are fed up with the commissioners, too, and basically told them, we'll, we'll get this done if you guys can't. So I think that we're kind of reaching a point where things have to happen. Help me understand this. This is the first paragraph on ESPN.com. The leaders of the college football playoff uh, again failed to come up with an agreement about expanding the current 14 field, but they didn't entirely rule out the possibility it could still happen before the end of the current 12-year contract, which runs through 2025. When I reported this uh, a little while ago, Pat, I got beat up by you college football insiders that they were trying to speed this up. They, they, from somebody who was involved in this, said they were looking at 2023. Uh, is there a chance that we're going to have this done? And I was, you know, I had the insiders saying, hey, there's a contract. Don't you understand the contract? And I thought, money breaks contracts here, kids. Uh, is there a chance that this might not have to wait until 2025? Money always breaks contracts. You are correct. And it could be. I mean, it could be that there's this brinksmanship going on of like, we're not budging, we're not budging, we're not budging until the last possible minute. Then, okay, we'll budge. Um, it's not out of the question because, as you said, they are leaving scads of money on the table if you don't break the contract and, and, and renegotiate this and expand the thing. So mm -hmm. the tendency or the, the instinct of these people is to always go for more money. So, yes, I think there's a chance that they can still do this. Jim Harbaugh to the NFL uh, or a pay raise? Well, I know this. We sure haven't heard a single word from anybody in Ann Arbor tamping down any uh, talk about him in the NFL. Uh, nobody has stepped up to say, no, there's nothing to it. Jim's happy to be here. He's going to stay a long time. A uh, couple of schools of thought there. Yes, one is this just – is this negotiation and leverage or uh, the other school and some of the stuff that I heard in South Florida when I was there for the Orange Bowl was that he was legitimately like offended by the pay cut that he took after last year. And he does enjoy the NFL and would be happy to go back that he kind of got his job done in terms of resurrecting Michigan. He hasn't been a long term one place guy. I think he tends to wear himself out and wear the people out around him. And this timing might be right right now. Yeah, that's what I was told. And, you know, I know that Stephen Ross said, the owner of the Dolphins, hey, I don't want to take him away from my alma mater. But if you know that Jim Harbaugh might want to go and maybe the Raiders, then Stephen Ross can say, well, he does want it. You're not taking him away from his alma mater. He's, he's leaving his alma mater. And then maybe the Dolphins are in the mix here. But I know there were, there were reporters who refuted that yesterday. Um the impact on De uh, with Deion Sanders on college football is what? Uh, it's pretty electrifying. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a guy who, who did a lot of electrifying things as a player, and he is right now as a coach. I mean, for 
Jackson State to be getting some of the players they have gotten is is a absolute game changer, uh, eye opener for everybody who said, you know, the power in college football will always be collected in the hands of a few. Maybe not. You know, that if you can get a guy like him who can go in, and I think obviously they are prepared to offer major NIL uh, uh, packages to people, and that helps too. That, But I guess NIL can be a playing field leveler, in my opinion, Dan. Not, you know, it's something that just helps Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, but there's, there's a lot of places that like football. There's a lot of fans and boosters that like football that are like, hey, we can, we can pay a guy here too, and you're going to have players that are going to listen to that. But I wonder if I, – like, I'm surprised that Florida State didn't offer him the job. Now, they might have looked at him and said, you know, this is a lot bigger, and it's – you know, you got to be a CEO and all of that. Uh, Dion is never embarrassed. Like, he, he's a prideful guy, and he doesn't get embarrassed very often. And it feels like, you know, these recruits bought into – I'm playing for Dion Sanders – if I'm a university, I got an opening. I reach out to Dion because those two players are going to follow Dion Sanders. Sure. No, I. You know what? Next next hiring cycle, somebody's hiring him, uh, unless he wants to stay at Jackson State, which is not the question. But you know, he he got involved to a degree at the TCU uh, job search, Colorado State, and didn't get either of those, but. Now you start getting real talent and that talks, uh, you know, and yes, so somebody is going to hire him. He does. He has that personality. He has that ability to, to just kind of, uh, you know, bring people to him and bring attention to him and his program. Seems to be a pretty good coach. Went 11 and two, I believe his first yeah. year there lost to their bowl game, but still, you know, I, he's done an, an awful lot more than I think pe- people underestimated him, I think as a coach and he's, he's made an instant impact. Pat Forty, Sports Illustrated senior writer, joining us from Indianapolis. This whole name, image, and likeness fallout is interesting. Charlie Batch, not even the coach at Eastern Michigan, says, "Hey, Caleb Williams, I'll give you. We'll give you a million dollars to play for Eastern Michigan." Now, Caleb Williams may be headed to USC, but it it feels like college football is the wild, wild west, and there's nobody really governing you know, what you can make. Can they put a cap on this? Like, where are we headed with name, image, and likeness here? I don't know. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yes. The, 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 here's This is classic NCAA situation where, okay, we're going to make this rule change. We have no idea what the unintended consequences are. We have no idea what the side effects are. Oh, geez, there's a lot of them. How do we get the horse back in the barn? The horse is running all over the pasture now. I don't know how you get the horse back in the barn, but there's going to be an incident like one question. What are the rules now and how are they enforced and, and what can you do and not do? And I'm pretty sure according to the rules, like what Charlie Batch did is definitely a violation. <laughs> you can't just say, Hey, if you come here, we'll give you a million dollars. Now that's really probably what's happening behind the scenes, but I, I don't think you advertise that as a recruiting incentive because that would then fall under pay for play, which the NCAA says they still don't want to do. But the, I mean, this whole thing is just spun so far, I think beyond where everybody thought it may be going. Bryce young makes more at Alabama than Jalen hurts does in the NFL. <laughs> That's awesome. About $500,000. I think hurts makes, 800,000 and uh, Bryce, I was told made 1.3 million in Alabama. 
this past year. Yeah, you know, I mean, like he's got deals there. I, I, he, he has a podcast, which it's pretty funny. I actually listened to it a couple of times getting ready for this game where Bryce says like 20 words in the podcast. You know, he's got a host who does the work and they bring on a guest who does the talking and Bryce kind of sits in the middle and says, oh, hey, thanks for coming on. <laughs> pretty good, pretty good gig. Is Caleb Williams going to USC? Certainly seems that way. With Jackson Dart leaving as well, all of USC's quarterbacks have have cleared out. Uh, the, the, the starting job is there for him to take. Lincoln Riley is there with him. Uh, they may take an excellent freshman wide receiver from Oklahoma's in the transfer portal as well, Mario Williams. And all of a sudden, you know, I think USC reboots in a hurry and gets a lot better. Safe travels back, Pat. Great to talk to you again, buddy. All right. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. That's Pat Forty, Sports Illustrated senior writer. And look, I'm a big boy. I can take the heat. Got roughed up by quite a few college insiders that I had the audacity to say, that maybe they're going to get this college playoff kicked off before 2025. I, I you know, and they, I, I had people say, wait, you, they have a, they have contracts. You can't break contracts. And I go, if you only knew my source, then you wouldn't be saying this because contracts are meant to be broken because of money. If they want to do it and they can do it one year earlier, two years, I was told 2023 that they would like to. Doesn't mean they're going to, but now it came out uh, yesterday or today that maybe, maybe it's not going to go until 2025. The possibility that it could still happen uh, prior to the end of the current 12 year contract. That was all I was saying, but oh my God. I've been in every single one of those meetings. Okay? Oh, I know. I, I had that. <laughs> I, I, had, I had people who were taking shots and your credibility's at stake. Really? I got this from a great source. Seems like my sources have been pretty good in college football. In particular, the Big Ten. Yeah, Paul. It's really kind of simple, too, because... If all the parties get together and say, hey, we could start this new program, this new 16-team or 12-team playoff, Fox, ESPN, the schools, NCAA, everybody makes more money. Do you want to start it in 2025, or can we do it a year earlier? That's silly. It's like picking up a lottery ticket. You want to wait till next week or get it this week? Yeah. And and it's – you didn't say it was likely. You didn't say it was happening. You said that's what the parties are pushing for. They wanted to vote on this. This is back in December. Which is almost common sense. It's not even like – Yeah, but it was – like, my source somehow forgot that there's a contract in place here. I mean, come on. Right? And if it's 2024, they still broke the contract. It's Look, I'm not trying to be a college football insider. I just do homework. That's all. And I've been doing this a long time. I have sources, people that I've known for a long time. That's all it is. You know? Not here to be breaking news. All You know, it's a thankless job. Usually when you break news, then everybody's critical of you and saying you're wrong. Uh, they never say, hey, you were right. Congratulations. But uh, the slings and arrows. But uh, I, I stand by what I reported because I trust the source that I have. So you college insiders, go ahead. Take your shots. Yeah, Paul. Look, it's not just because I'm your producer. As a fan of entertainment, I want it to be changed to 2023. And oh, my God. Because I want to see you walk in, crack a beer around 9.01 <laughs> a.m. and just start bombing people. No, not, not beers. Champagne. Okay. 
Now, I got roughed up by people that I had, well, I did respect, but without even reaching out to me, that they think that I would be this flippant where I'm just throwing stuff out there. I heard from people, you know, when I, I told the country that the Big Ten was not going to play football due to the pandemic, I, I got roughed up there, too. I said, I stand by my source here. And then they announced the next day they weren't playing football. And then I said, Pac-12 is not going to play. I got roughed up with that as well. And Pac-12 wasn't going to play. I told you they were going to come back and play and that Pac-12 would follow suit. You know, these are things that I hear from people that I trust. Paulie, did I tell you that Fritzy would not have a poll question in the first hour? Yeah, text me that last night. Yeah, my source. All that strong prediction. Yeah, great source told me that Fritzy would not have anything, no mock headlines, wouldn't have his limerick, would not have a you poll. You doubled down with all of them. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. And you had Georgia beating Alabama. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Checks all across the board. Thank you, That's Todd. A nice parlay by you. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, oh, Ryan in Honolulu joins us. Hey, Ryan. Hello, Dan. You're playing her today. Where are you? Well, I spent the last week in Vegas. I'm still here. <laughs> okay. How, how did that go? But every day is the Super Bowl. Well, what <laughs> happens in Vegas uh, shows up on the credit card, Dan. Let's just say that. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm actually on the most valuable cola tour right now. I've been wearing my Dan Patrick show gear, and you wouldn't believe how many people come up to me. Uh, nobody, Dan. Actually, one girl. <laughs> one girl, but um, her name literally was Danette, and she couldn't believe the shirt I was wearing, so she wanted to um, get a picture with her, her name on the show. She had no idea about Dan Patrick's show. There you go. I've got some national championship mock headlines for oh, you. Oh, okay. All right. Here's Ryan in Vegas, also Honolulu. Alabama rolled over and died. Okay. Like roll tide, roll it over and died. Okay. In his condition, that's not bad. Yeah, he sounds a little banged up. Okay. Stetson Bennett Jr. the third. Want it in the fourth? <laughs> All right. Well, he is the fourth, though. That's the problem. But I know you're playing off McLovin's Robert Griffith Jr. the third. Okay, continue. Think Alabama is unbeatable? Georgia says Athens. Excuse me. Athens. Last one. <laughs> wow. 41 years later, the Bulldogs duly it again. Okay, Vince Dooley. All right. Uh, thank you, Ryan. Go back to bed. All right. So there are times when Ryan is not good, Todd. But he still contributed even yeah, though he's not feeling But well. he did try. Yeah, I'm, he's a gamer. I'm yeah. pretty, pretty healthy for, for a certain extent. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> do anything with the muck That was yes. a Herschel walk-off. Okay. Oh, oh, oh okay. trying to All keep right. it. All right. Great. Staying on topic. Wasn't Buck Ballou, was he the quarterback for Georgia 41 years ago? Absolutely. Buck Ballou, Lindsey Scott, the wide receiver. Run, Lindsey, run! One of the great calls. Yep. Uh, Buck Ballou, number eight? Does that sound right? Absolutely right. Buck Ballou was the quarterback. They didn't ask him to do much. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. 
Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's uh, the lead broadcaster, and he is the managing editor at Vegas Stats and Information Network, Raiders play-by-play voice, and uh, one of the great broadcasters in history. He's Mr. Vegas. He's Brent Musburger joins us on the program. Good morning, Brent. How are you? Good morning, Dan. I'm fine. How are you, lad? I'm going. I'm I'm doing well. How much money did you have on last night's game? <laughs> Let's say I have to still continue working. <laughs> uh, yeah, my tie didn't. Uh, probably my worst pick of uh, of the year. But uh, I guess Nick Saban has to lose a big game every now and again. It was it was an interesting game. Uh, you know, far different from many of the college championship games that we have seen. But listen, hail Georgia. And speaking of Georgia, what about what that state has done? They win the World Series with the Braves, and uh, now they win the. Uh, National College Championship, you know, with the Bulldogs. And uh, what's wrong with the Falcons? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not going to happen anytime soon. There, little pressure on the Atlanta Hawks. Do you have a limit on how much you bet? Oh yes, absolutely. I mean, I'm a strictly a recreational better. I would I would have been busted a long time ago if I tried to make a living out of it. Uh, I, listen, I'm more of a hundred dollar better than a thousand dollar better. Okay. Uh, that's what I that's what I would say, Dan. Best bet you ever made. Best bet I ever made probably was on at most recent was certainly uh the Raiders on last Sunday's game when we uh <laughs> we went far into the night to finally beat the uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. That certainly is the most the most recent one yeah. that I've been able to catch. I'm and I also to... had the Raiders over seven and a half wins. I thought that was a low total for them yeah. going into the season, uh, but I had to sweat it out in the end. And of course, with their their win streak at the end of the season, they did go past and wound up with ten victories. I'm trying to understand the fallout from the Chargers Raiders game that that the criticism that Brandon Staley is receiving. Did, do you think the Raiders were going to play for the tie? Well, I think the possibility existed, okay? Uh, I don't think they wanted to put Carlson on a field for a, uh, you know, nearly a 60-yard field goal. However, I really don't blame um, Staley and the Chargers for that timeout, Dan. They failed to execute when Josh Jacobs got loose on that last run. I mean, somebody could have stepped in there and made the tackle, and then it would have been up to the Raiders to make the consideration. I, I certainly think uh, that they were thinking about it over on the sideline because if they had missed a long field goal at that instance with a handful of seconds left, then you certainly would have given Herbert one final chance to push it down the field. And he was he was magnificent in the fourth quarter. But, but you know, Staley wanted to adjust his personnel on the field the linebacker that he took out, Murray, 
uh, has been a bit of a disappointment to the Chargers, and he took himself out of the game earlier in the fourth quarter. Mm. I just happened to notice that from up in the uh, up in the radio booth. They wanted to get him out for a starter run defender, and it didn't work out. Jacobs Jacobs made the cut, and and they didn't execute. But I honestly don't. I don't. We don't know what would have happened if they hadn't called the timeout and kept the pressure. The one thing that the Raiders did do after the timeout, which might have made it easier for Jacobs, a car had lined up, was going to be in the shotgun uh, before the Chargers called a timeout, and then he moved up underneath center. That allows him, when he pivots, to hand off. Jacobs can be moving at a higher rate when he hits that line, uh, and that may have helped uh, Jacobs explode and then and then pick up the additional yards and they were able to bring Carlson out for the tight end. I honestly blame Staley more for his fourth and eight fourth down going for it back on his own eighteen yeah. yard. I thought that was completely arrogant. Now we didn't score a touchdown after that, but we did kick a field goal. All right. I, th- I think, listen, I understand analytics, but you don't win games with analytics. You win it with human beings. And you had the better football team. I don't think there's any question that man for man, the Chargers have better talent and more experienced talent down the line. So you go ahead and punt in that situation and uh, and let your team uh, take over. I, I thought that was the biggest uh, mistake that he made, not necessarily that the final timeout that everyone seems to be talking about. But Al Davis had, would be rolling over in his grave if he knew the Raiders played for a tie and allowed a divisional <laughs> opponent to make the playoffs. Like, nobody's talking about that, Brent, that the Raiders, I guess, gave consideration to play for a tie. Exactly. And can you imagine, Dan, can you imagine what was going on in the city of Pittsburgh? Yeah. I mean, it was it was past midnight. And if the game had wound up in a tie, as you say, a division opponent, the Chargers would have also gotten into the playoffs. There's one. There's one other thing that you should consider about the uh, the Raiders' decision, and I'm assuming that the coaching staff knew about it. If the Raiders had tied the Chargers and both had gone to the playoffs, the Raiders would be going to Kansas City this week and not Cincinnati. Now, I'm not taking any away from Cincinnati. Joe Burrow, a marvelous young quarterback. Okay. But the Raiders, they wanted, they want no part of the Kansas City Chiefs again. I mean, the Chiefs have put 40 points on them in each of their two victories this season. So, so obviously, they would prefer to go to Cincinnati, although the Bengals, I've got to point out, the Bengals put 31 on them in Las Vegas, and the Burrow didn't even throw for many yards. Derek Carr made a couple of big mistakes in the fourth quarter, and the Bengals pounced on it and uh, and won the game rather easily. But I think... Any coach would say, yeah, I think I'd rather go play the Bengals. There's a question about that injury that Burrow suffered uh, a couple of weeks ago rather than go in and and face the Chiefs. I agree, Brent. I brought that up yesterday. I'm like, people are missing a bigger story here. You don't want to play Kansas City because they've blown you out both times. And, yes, you have to go cross-country to play against Cincinnati. But Cincinnati, they're newbies getting into the playoffs here. Uh, like you want to play for the win. I had people who said this yesterday, you know, the Raiders still hold a grudge against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and they would have tried to keep the Steelers. I'm going, these players now have no idea what the hell happened with the immaculate reception. I mean, come on. 
They want to exactly. keep Pittsburgh. They, they want Pittsburgh. I'd rather face Pittsburgh in the playoffs than I would the Chargers. So, you know. For sure. I, for sure. Because remember now, the Raiders went to Pittsburgh first of the season. Yeah. They beat the Steelers in, in, in Pittsburgh. There's certainly no doubt about it. That, I don't think that prospect ever <laughs> entered into their mind. <laughs> I don't okay? think so either. You have to be selfish. You have to be selfish down on the sideline. And, uh, and so be it. I mean, uh, I will tell you that Josh Jacobs, from my mind, played his best game of the year. Uh, he has not been completely healthy, and it showed up on that run. And then, you know, Daniel Carlson has been the Iceman, and, uh, you know, five game-winning kicks. My goodness, what, what a year he's had as a kicker. And, and so be it. And it's, I'm happy for Derek Carr. He finally gets to uh, play in a, in a playoff game. The last time the Raiders made it, he was a quarterback, but he suffered a broken leg. Week 16, he did not play down in Houston, and the Texans eliminated the uh, eliminated the Raiders. But it'll be interesting because, you know, Dan, as you so well know, the, the Cincinnati Bengals have had that long playoff drought, okay? You have to – I don't even know that Bo Jackson was in the NFL the last time the Bengals won a playoff game. So uh, that's a long, long time ago, and uh, we'll see what happens. I'm sure the city is very excited. Um, I can't wait to see my favorite restaurateur, Jeff Ruby. Speaking oh, yeah. of guys who like to wager on football games, <laughs> Jeff Jeff is a degenerate better. I mean, he, he he frequently texts for information. What, <laughs> what do you think this week? What do you think? <laughs> uh, we're well, talking we're to uh, Brent Musburger. He's the voice of the Raiders. They have the game with the Bengals coming up this weekend. Uh, you know, all these tributes to uh, John Madden. I forgot that. You were was that at the Rose Bowl that you you uh, worked with John when you were at CBS? Yes, uh, it was at the Rose the Bowl, Super Bowl, but it it was a Super Bowl, and it was the Rams who were playing the Steelers. And to give you a background, um, we had signed John, and we weren't too sure if he was going to be better in the studio oh. or doing games, and so we put. John up on the roof, and uh, he was talking primarily about the Steelers, the AFC. And we also signed George Allen, and he was going to talk about the NFC. So I had both of them up on the roof. And uh, by the time I got finished, I said to Van Gordon Sauter, who was our uh, head of the sports said, man, uh, John Madden's got potential to be a star. He's just so entertaining when he, when he talks. You never know where he's going to go. Uh, and and you listen carefully to him, and uh, he was a star up on the uh, up on the roof that day. There was there was no doubt about it. Terry Bradshaw on the Steelers, of course, defeated Vince Ferragamo and the Rams, and um, and won that particular Super Bowl. And and then the thing about John is that Van Gordon Sauter, rather than start him out with uh, Pat Summerall or Vince Scully, who are our two lead play-by-play guys, he put him with Gary Bender. And, and Gary Bender really, really taught uh, John Madden the ins and outs of, of working up at a booth, and it was such a good relationship. And then when the debate began as to who uh, Madden would work with, uh, Van again made an outstanding decision. Van initially wanted him to work with Vince Scully, and uh, then he was talked out of it by uh, several people on the staff who felt that, that John would have more breathing room working in a booth with Summerall, and it was a it was a fantastic decision because the uh, the rest is history. John is John, one of the more entertaining people that I've ever been around. We we finished up our N- NFC coverage. We didn't have the Super Bowl one year in Chicago, and John, of course, was riding the train then. Uh, a lot of people thought he was 
fearful of flying. That's not the case. He was claustrophobic. And uh, we always had a room in a hotel, either the third floor or lower floor. But I, but I kind of felt sorry for him headed to the train station. And I said, John, let me, let me cancel my airplane reservation. We'll take the train back to New York. And, of course, it was the wintertime. And <laughs> I'll never forget we had two breakdowns, one in upstate New York, and I think we got into Grand Central about 16, 18 hours. So I left. I said, John, I love you, my man. You're great. But I just took my last train trip back from my football game. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, he was, uh, Dan, he, he was a delight. What a, what a great life. Uh, you know, first of all, uh, one of the more entertaining coaches. Why did he retire at 42, though, Brent? Well, I think he was exhausted. Uh, I, and, and listen, part of it was still the claustrophobia. I mean, and the claustrophobia includes not wanting to get into a tightly uh, controlled airplane up in the air. Okay, wow. I mean that 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 was not a small part. But he he felt he'd done what he'd done, and uh, it was time to move on. And uh, you know, he had the two sons, and, and uh, a great family man, and and so uh, he you know he took a shot at broadcasting. Didn't know anything about it. Uh, hadn't paid a whole lot of attention to it and uh, was able to come in and be the most dominant analyst, certainly, of our time. I, I, tell, young, I, I tell young analysts, I said, listen, the one thing that John did better than any analyst is didn't start talking right away. He used his monitor. They, they failed to understand that the camera sees so much more than the naked eye. And, and week after week after week, I hear these guys jump in and they really don't know what they're looking at. Okay. And last night there was, uh, there was chaos in the early going and what appeared to be, for example, a, a Georgia touchdown on, on a fumble. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the truck, you, you have to be very patient. And John always was because you wait for that right angle to come back, which showed clearly uh, that Bryce Young's arm was moving forward last night. And, uh, and John was John was outstanding. And then we had a cameraman at CBS that John Madden controlled. And during the game, he would look for those sidebar stories. Um, you know, what's under the bench and what kind of gloves were players wearing. Wait, wait. How did he control the cameraman? Well, he was the one who would tell the truck, uh, go over to you know, go over to the Cowboys bench. I look behind it. I, I see some things over there that look interesting. He would tell the truck during commercial timeouts to send the uh, sideline cameraman to look for those special, especially if the game was close, Dan, and important and things were going back and forth. He didn't worry so much about that. But John Madden was the greatest ever in a blowout, okay, because he'd look for those sidebar stories that kept you entertained, gave, gave you a chuckle going forward. Of course, he invented Thanksgiving uh, with the turkey presentation uh, after the game. And those, those were ideas that came from John Madden. And also... He was the first analyst who insisted uh, that there was a meeting the, the night before the game. I know of pregame meetings in which uh, the crew was actually in there for about three hours looking at a tape with John, and he would go over different things. He, he was a teacher as much as anything else when, uh, when he worked back in the days at uh, CBS as our top analyst. Always great to catch up with you. Good luck uh, this weekend against the the Bengals, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you, Brent. You got it, Dan. Take care, my man. That's Brent Musburger, Hall of Famer. I can listen to those stories. You know, sometimes you forget stories that you have, and Brent's been around 
you know, since the early 70s. It's like Al Michaels. They just have incredible memories. And I do say this to my broadcast students at Full Sail University. You know, having a great memory, great recall is really important. And you almost have to train yourself that you, you remember things and, and remind yourself of things. Because when you have that at your beck and call and you're able to say, oh, it's that or that's the person. Because a lot of this, if you do play by play, a lot of it, you know, you're ad libbing all of it. You have to be prepared those moments when you have to, you know, kind of look back 20 years uh, earlier or another player that you might compare that player to. Whatever it is, that that ability to have recall is so important. Uh, you know, Jim Lampley, uh, great sportscaster, unbelievable memory. Uh, Oberman, photographic memory. He might have as good a memory as anybody I've ever been around. Al Michaels is crazy great. He was when we were at the Olympics and we were in Russia and I remember Al was talking about I was talking about the we are family Pittsburgh Pirates. And Al tells me, oh, I remember. And it was on this day and the weather was this. He had I don't know if it was true, but I'm believing that Al was describing what the atmosphere was like, what the weather was like where the game was, how it played out. Unbelievable. You know, he's got that, and it's a Rolodex in his head. Bob Costas has that. Like you, Mike Tirico, great, great recall. But, you know, you'll find that it's a common thread with a lot of these elite broadcasters because they count on it. 